Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. It's Monday. You know what that means. Another ATP Challenger-centric edition of the show hosted by our friends Damian Kust and Jakob Babro. On today's episode... They discussed the continued ascension of Holger Rune, the former world junior number one, earning another challenger title. They talk about why his improved fitness is key to the success he is having this season. They also discuss why Daniel Altmaier may no longer be regretting his decision to skip U.S. Open qualifying. They talk about Warsaw qualities day one and so much more. It is a fantastic podcast that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy, of course, before we get to the episode. Just a quick reminder. The reason we are able to do this day in, day out is because of the support we get sincerely from all of you listeners, from our Crack Rackets Patreon family, and of course, from our friends over at Turn of Tennis. You all know the deal. It's the best grip in the business. Thousands of pros are using it. You should be as well. To join the Turn of Tennis family today, you can contact them by calling sales, uh, excuse me, by emailing sales at uniquesports.com. If you call that, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but you can email them at sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. You mentioned we here at Cracked Rackets sent you to hook you up with some discounted pricing, hook you up with free samples as well. Again, we are so grateful for their continued support. I don't even need to ask. Turner Grip, it's the best in the business. Join the Turner family today by contacting sales at uniquesports.com or calling 800-554-3707. Quick programming note as well before we get to today's show. A lot of podcasts coming down the pipeline for all of you listeners. Plenty of content to prepare all of you for the year's final Grand Slam, the 2021 U.S. Open. David Kane locked into a show already. Jeff Sackman locked in as well. We've got a bunch of floaters out there hoping to drag Mark Lucero on. Just talk to as many smart people as I can about the many lingering and interesting storylines heading into the year's final major. Be on the lookout for all of those podcasts to drop over the course of the week here on the GSP. Of course, we've got Cleveland, Chicago. We've also got Winston-Salem this week as well on the ATP and WTA Tours. So mini breaks going to be rocking and rolling. Cracked interviews uh, on deck as well. If you missed any of our conversations from the 2021 Lotto Elite Pro Tennis Challenge, Chris Eubanks, Makun Kumar, of course, Ernest Golbis, and more. You can find all of them. On the Cracked Interviews feed, you can hear our conversation with Justin Stewart of Vaptor, the best in court drying technology right now. You hopefully saw the video on Tennis Twitter. You can hear from the founder, uh, creator of that machine on our Cracked Interviews podcast. You can hear from uh, the tournament director, I suppose, Dave Emke, or tournament founder. I don't know exactly what his terminology is, but you can hear more about that Lotto Elite Pro Tennis Challenge. And then we've still got a couple of conversations from my time in Kalamazoo will be releasing later this week. So be on the lookout for all of that content, which you can find in one location on our website, crackedrackets.com. But enough of the podcast schedule, enough of the plugs. You came here to hear about the ATP Challenger Tour. So without further ado, let's get to today's conversation. Damien Kust and Jakob Babro breaking down all things on the ATP Challenger Tour. Welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Tour podcast. We are, we, uh, I am once again joined by my friend Jakub, who's been on fire recently in our predictions competition. And for the very first time since we started doing that, so probably like 
or, I don't know, 15 episodes or something, mm-hmm. uh, he has overtaken me by going 100% this week. How are you feeling with that? You know, yeah, that- I mean, it was a bit of a weird week for me because I've been away in Slovakia. So I've, I've been, you know, seeing all of my friends, seeing all of my family. So I've not been uh, able to watch as much. Um, but but then yeah, seeing the finals, I was like, oh, all right, I actually have a chance here to go to go a hundred percent. And I was I was actually a bit shocked when 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 it happened. Even though I think both of the guys that I predicted were kind of the favorites in their finals. But I mean, yeah, I've had this stuff not work out for me before, uh, and I'm very happy that it finally has come good, and I'm the leader. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there was a point in in the week, like around maybe the the, the second round, even in Ludenscheid, when I was, I was like, oh, oh no, this is happening because all the other favorites went out first round, and it was pretty much Altmaier left. Uh, I mean, obviously there were some other good players left, but I I never really believed he would lose to them. And yeah, as it turned out, that, that that's what happened. I mean, I picked uh, the runner-up from the ATP event in Kitzbühel, and he went out first round. So I don't know. I mean, uh, just I just hope that you know the cards will, will turn soon, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be back of the, back in the game. I got a point this week, but it's just a point that you that you also managed to get. Uh, so where, where do we want to start? Ludenscheid or Verona? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's, let's start with, with Ludenscheid. Um, Daniel Altmaier won that one. Um, beat Nicolas Karin in the final 7-6, 4-6, It actually turned out to be mostly a pretty pretty easy journey, I think, for him opponent-wise. He, he had uh, Genaro Alberto Oliveri in the first round and um, Julian Canina in the second round. Ended up playing uh, Javier Barranco Cosano in in the quarters, which I thought would have been quite easy, but he actually struggled with him quite badly. Pushed him to 7-5 in the third. Uh, and then beat uh, Juan Manuel Serundolo and Harry. Yeah, so what, what did you think of his week? Yeah, as you, as you said, I definitely didn't expect him to struggle against Barranco Cosano. I always, I always had Barranco Cosano figured as just that, you know, pretty decent Spanish grinder who's going to win some ITFs, but never actually do much against an, an opponent of this class. But I mean, it was definitely the hardest mark that, that Altmaier had all week. But there, there's no you know, there's no doubt in my mind that he was the, the best player in, in Ludenscheid. Uh, I am uh, I am very scared that he's going to withdraw from Warsaw, <laughs> but hopefully not. And, you know, he, he, he actually could chase uh, the top 100 this week. So maybe that's gonna maybe that's gonna force him to compete back to back, especially as he's you know with that with that decision he missed the U.S. Open qualies. So you know if you if you chose not to have a lot of money from from New York, yeah, may, maybe you're just you know you're, he's gonna feel you know just I have I have to play challengers now because I because I missed you know very easy money there. Uh, I yeah, was, absolutely. Mm-hmm, I was I mean, also. I, 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 mm-hmm. I mean, as like as I said before, he, he made this huge decision to skip the U.S. Open to stay on the on the challengers, and I think that he's definitely chasing um, Australian Open main draw uh, instead of going for the qualies. So I, I would be, I would be surprised if he pulls out from from Warsaw. Um, but yeah, you, you were saying. 
No, no, no. I mean, yeah, he's he's in a very good spot to take, uh, you know, to take the the for the the Austrian Open main draw spot. Now, there's going to be a lot more clay challengers. There's going to be a lot more, you know, indoor ATP events, which he might not do that badly. In. I mean, the, the, there's there's a really good chance he he makes it there and a title this week, which isn't out of the question, obviously, since we're going to talk about it later. But in Warsaw, we've got two players ranked well. Uh, when the entry list was made around 120 and then 250 and down, so yeah. there's a there's a very big chance that he that he goes deep or even wins uh, another one this week. And as I said before, in Ludenscheid, the other two favorites probably Pablo Andujar and Pedro Martinez lost in the first rounds. I mean, yeah. uh, both were quite quite shocking. But I think Andujar was, you know, caught some sort of an, an injury in the in the latter part of the match. He let uh, Mitch Zabasic five three in the second set, had a match point, and then never never won a game anymore. In mm-hmm. fact, he just won five points. So 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 I mean, something had to be up, even if even if it didn't really look that bad. Like you know, watching that, uh, I guess Juan Manuel Serundolo also got another good run in. I mean, the past few months from him haven't been that great, so it it looks like he's back to back to having that consistency. But yeah, Altmaier never really looked that troubled. I mean, we should also talk about how how Jari even got to the final because that 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 first round against Klein was absolutely crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, one six, one three down, and he had to win a service game from zero forty two consecutive times, and then came back to win it in two tie breaks. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really like throwing this word around, but it definitely felt like kind of a choke from Klein. And I mean, I, I, I feel like he definitely needs to get better at ending matches like these to really like establish himself on the on the challenger tour. Because I mean, he, he was he, he had a he had a great match um, outside of those key moments where he just couldn't get it done against Hari, who who is like more of an experienced guy, guy with some main tour experience. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously, Harry then went on to, to, to go to, all the way to the final. So, uh, yeah, unfortunate for Klein, but he goes again next week. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about Klein that much because of, well, maybe not because of, but I mean, Alex Molson has definitely overshadowed him with his success. But I mean, it, mm. it's still a breakthrough year for him. And in one of these weeks, it's just going to happen. I mean, he's just one of these players that are going to float around in these challenger draws until something happens for them. And it's definitely, you know, uh, he, it could be any week, really, because he's he's definitely playing better than his ranking suggests. I was actually pretty shocked that he's still outside the top 250. Uh, yeah. Definitely shouldn't shouldn't be like that. Uh, do we go to Verona then? Um, sure. I just wanted to quickly mention mm-hmm. the doubles. We talked about the, the uh, wild cards there. The, the yeah. faster band, presumably brothers, won two games, really quite bad. <laughs> so they they didn't they didn't turn out to be much of anything. Um, but yeah, let's let's go to let's go to Verona, um, where Holger Rune took the title. Uh, we, we we both predicted Rune, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, just sort of like what a week for him, straight sets all the way throughout. 
Um, only, yeah, I mean, his he lost the most games in his first round, and that was 6-2, 7-6. Yeah, and he to, looked like really drained there. Like, the, the second set there, it, it, it lasted this long because Runa looked dead physically. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the week, even though it was a Saturday finish as well, so he actually had to play from Tuesday to Saturday every day, right? Am I counting right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And as the week, uh, you know, as the week went on, he actually got better physically, which was quite shocking. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm really surprised by the by the scoreline against Tabernet, 6-2, 6-1. Uh, because I, I felt like the, that he would sort of be the, the main challenger and he was one of the other guys that I considered when picking for a title to so win that easily. And then, um, yeah, uh, we, we, he, he beats uh, Nino Serdarushic in the final, who I definitely wasn't expecting to, <laughs> to see there. Uh, I feel like he'd been having quite a poor year. But yeah, I mean, really, really great from Runa to go back to back two weeks. It, it's sort of like, I, I, I feel like if you look at him as a prospect, that's very encouraging to see. Uh, when you try to project out players who can do well at slams, because uh, I mean he he's just played great over the past two weeks. Yep, he debuts in the top in the top one fifty of the ATP rankings. I mean, he's definitely going places. We don't know where yet. We'll, we'll see how how New York turns out for him because you know the maybe because of the Saturday finish he can actually be quite quite ready for Tuesday or Wednesday or I guess I guess mm-hmm. Tuesday and Wednesday are, are the only days his first round match can can be scheduled uh, the last time he played uh, on hard courts was I believe in February so you know that <laughs> he's made so much progress since then that it's really hard to determine where where his level could be uh, as for Serdarusic, yeah, I really looked at his at his year, and it, he started with five losses in the in a row, and pretty much loses first round or goes deep. But it's only been the the third time that he went deep. It was like Rome quarterfinals, Perugia semis, and now now the final. But it definitely felt like you know Serdarusic was the first semi Serdarusic Clark. So with Serdarusic awaiting in the finals, it definitely felt like Rune Taberner was was the final of the of it all. And mm-hmm. to, to see Rune dominate like that was 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 quite shocking, honestly. Uh, Dimitri Popko was again playing quite well this week, but you mentioned the word choke uh, when you talked about Klein. I also don't really like throwing that around, but I mean, it feels like every time Popko has has a really good chance because again, if he won, Serdarusic would be awaiting, and I mean, Serdarusic just you know he, he's a bit limited. I mean. And Popko, it feels like every time he's playing well and getting quite close to a challenger title, he just, you know, the mind goes away that the same thing happened against Zapata Miralas in Poznań, the same thing happened against Cina in uh, Prague. So, I mean, he, he really needs to, get, you know, set, set the, the, he really needs that, that issue to be, to be fixed because if he keeps... You know, not playing his best when when given a chance, and he maybe he's never gonna win. That. He's he's probably far too good to to never win a challenger title. But I mean, it's been pretty oh, yeah. depressing seeing him he, seeing him play this well, uh, coming to to a big match and then throwing away throwing it away. Uh, one more thing we talked about last week was Paolo Lorenzi, and he actually scored a win this week. Woo. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I I watched a bit of that match. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, it, it was quite clear that it's two guys who, yeah, are like like they they're not really the best players on the Challenger circuit anymore. Well, I mean, in in Oliveira's case, I'm not sure if he if he ever was. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was just nice to see him get a win. Obviously, his he then lost to Sedarushic quite quite easily. Um, but yeah, good good for Paolo. Yeah, do we have anyone else from from Verona? Um, not not really. Um, yeah, I, I feel we can go to match of the week, upset of the week. Okay, so uh, maybe we can start with match of the week. I went with Altmaier Baranko Kosalo. Uh, a fun contrast of styles. Baranko Kosalo definitely makes you makes you hit through himself, makes you win points. Uh, makes you have to win points, forces you to 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 have to to have something, and it was it was just fun to see Altmaier tackle the challenge. It it lasted two days, but you know not 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 because it was super long, but about three hours, so quite a lot of drama there. Um, I went for uh, Harry beating Klein uh, in the first round. It was just. Uh, it, it was just such <laughs> high drama uh, with Klein trying to close out that match, it, and it didn't work out in the end. But still, uh, it, it, I, I was just so I, I found I found myself just so involved in that match that I that I sort of had to pick it. Yeah, me, me too, kind of. I mean, when 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 Klein was six one three one up, I was so impressed with, with what he was doing, and then it all went all right. Yeah. yeah. And what about upset of the week? Um, I'm gonna go for Mirza Basic over Pablo Andujar because I I literally I remember saying last episode about how nice of a draw it is for for Andujar to be in that quarter. Um, obviously, you you mentioned that there must have been some sort of physical issue for him to lose the last ten games of the match. I agree, he, he didn't really seem right uh, in in that final set. Um, but yeah, definitely the the most sh- shocking result I think. Yeah, I went with the same one. I was choosing between that and Martinez Hugo Carabelli. And actually looking at betting odds, it, it actually turned out that Martinez was way bigger according to them than, than Andujar Basic. I don't know oh. where the bookies you know from where the bookies have this love for Mirza Basic, but it looks like he's been really priced as as a very solid challenger player, which I, I don't feel like he has been of late, but Okay, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm definitely gonna uh, gonna check if that's in any way correct. But I mean, and uh, yeah, this week even. But and I also went with Andujar. That was the the result of the two that shocked me more. Even though I pe- I picked Martinez to win it, but I, I just fought highly of of Hugo Carabelli in in recent months. Uh, when yeah. I also saw that there was quite a quite a huge price was on Quiros beating Chunhin Seng, which gives us a, a chance to name check Zamik Hrbaty. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Every single time, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but Martinez Ugo-Carabelli was the one that the Pukis went for. Uh, okay, so we have three more challenger challenge events in the next week. It's actually pretty weird because, you know, in the past when, uh, when you know, in, during the week of the qualies, and there was usually just one or two, so you know the, some of the draws are filled with lower ranked players. But you know, as we've said multiple times, it's it, it's definitely not mean that, that doesn't mean that the the level is is going to be you know 
much lower in any way. Uh, with the Barletta Warsaw and Prague, where do you want to start? Uh, let's let's go for Warsaw. Yep. Uh, top seed Daniel Altmaier starts against Leo Borg. Uh, but, I mean that, that that's that, that has to be a double bagel, right? No, I mean not, maybe not a double bagel, but sort of a, a buy for Altmaier. So, so so that should be nice for him too. Uh, recover a bit after, after last week. But the section, you know, th- th- there is Hari, there is Kiker, uh, there is Ugo, Ugo Karabeli. So it's not going to be exactly a walk in the park for him, is it? No, definitely not. I mean, uh, Ugo Karabeli is dangerous, especially if Altmaier is going to have any signs of exhaustion. He's probably going to have to play on what? Tuesday? No, the first round he has to play on Tuesday. So he's just going to have one day of rest between the, the final Ludenscheid and this. Obviously, Leo Borg is probably going to be like a short training for him. Uh, um, maybe, maybe we're going to be wrong, but I don't think so. I love the first round between Kicker, uh, between Kicker and Erler. This is actually Erler's mm-hmm. first event since Kitpil, where he defeated Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that's definitely going to be one of the one of the more close matches because I feel like most of the first rounds have a very clear favorite. Uh, lower down, we've got Baranko Kosano against Basic, which which could be very interesting if Baranko Kosano is playing uh, as well again uh, this, this week as, uh, as in Ludenscheid. Uh, Nuno Borges is coming back after the, another ankle injury. Actually, he's going to play today, I believe, if, if, if the weather allows him to because... It seems like from like 2 p.m. it's going to be raining in Warsaw. So, you know, uh, until the very, very evening. So, it, you know, unless the, the you know, the guys, <laughs> the guys who uh, try to guess what to predict the weather, how do, how do you call them? Meteorolo- meteorologists are wrong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless they're wrong, uh, it's probably going to be hard to get more than two matches per court in, in Warsaw today, but. Hopefully they're they're not actually wrong. I love the first round match between Sachko and Rubensky too. I think yeah, that's also today. Uh, so then these are the two that I'm that I'm definitely looking at today. Uh, yeah, as 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 you, uh, uh, I don't know if I if we even mentioned that, but I am I am in Warsaw right now. I was in, mm-hmm. uh, I was watching the qualies as well yesterday. Uh, today there's going to be a very interesting matchup between Shevchenko and Bobrov, uh, which is very cool because they seem to be really good friends. Both in Poznan and in Warsaw, they spend a lot of time with each other, uh, you know, cheering cheering each other at their matches. Shevchenko was watching the last two sets Bobrov played yesterday, so it's going to be quite fun to see good friends challenge each other. I probably don't give Bobrov much of a chance there especially after after yesterday because Shevchenko just ab- absolutely destroyed Frunza, but who knows. Uh, Jan Zielinski, who you mentioned yeah. in, in the beginning <laughs> of, of our uh, cooperation, so to speak, uh, as, as one of the college players that has a lot of potential, won a, won a singles match. This was actually his first this year. Uh, he only played Bundesliga and even even there he couldn't he couldn't win a thing. I think he even lost to Gabashvili. Uh, but, you know, he he I, I I don't like how defensive he actually is on the singles court. Like it doesn't really give him a chance to. Uh, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, to use all that all that skills he has from doubles, but obviously still a great server. But against Setkic, he he should have a pretty decent chance to advance. 
Uh, then we have also Daniel Michalski against Christopher Eyman. That's another good chance for Paul to advise uh, uh, to advance, which is already a, a huge improvement on Poznan because there a, a Polish singles player has <laughs> didn't win a, a single match. And actually, you know, here we, we had one guaranteed because Marek played Michalski in the, in the first round of the qualies. And then there's also. I'm, 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 uh, can I just ask you real quick? I'm kind of curious about the absence of of Orlikowski. I've got um, no clue. I was also expecting yeah. uh, a, a qualies wildcard for him because Kashnikovsky got one for the main draw, right? And in Poznan it was mm-hmm. it was swapped. So I've got no idea. It's actually pretty weird to give Zielinski a, a wild card here, honestly. But maybe they felt like like it because he was like tenth on the alternate list or something like that. So maybe maybe that's why they 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 chose him. You know, he was probably still gonna play doubles anyway. But I I, I don't know the the you know the when they when they release the main draw wild cards they give some sort of an explanation. But for the qualities, not really. It was just. You know, just posted in the draw that it was going to be Marek Szajrych and, and Zieliński. So uh, I've got no clue why Orlikowski isn't here. Actually, there's a 25K in Poznań this week. Uh, oh, maybe maybe, maybe yeah. he's playing there. Uh, I've got, because it would probably make sense for him to, you know, mm-hmm. to play a 25K. Uh, at least he's not he's not signed up for it. Like his match isn't established yet. But I'm gonna I'm gonna look for it when you. When you talk about uh, something uh, <laughs> in a second, but uh, one more thing. No, maybe not one more thing. Uh, yeah. What do you think about the draw? Yeah, I mean, we also have Yosef Kovalik. He's the he's the other two of the guys ranked within the top 250 uh, at this tournament. It's him and Altmaier. Um, and, and his section, I mean, he, he's, he's got a qualifier to open with, which could be anybody... Um, Orlando Luz, who obviously had that great run uh, two weeks ago, Evan Furness, uh, and then potentially Idukovic in the quarter, so so not the easiest. And then yeah, the section that we that you talked about earlier with Baranko Kosano, Basic, uh, Borges, there uh, Lukas Klein is the highest seed there. Uh, kind of a tough opener against Julian Lenz, uh, who uh, reached the quarters last week. Uh, potentially Andrei Kuznetsov in the second round, so uh, not the easiest. But I feel like Altmaier and Kovalik sort of have to be considered the the, the biggest favorites. Although there, there's definitely some guys here that, that that could make a surprise run for the title. Yeah, I didn't really feel that comfortable picking uh, you know picking Altmaier again. Uh, I don't know if yeah, I'm looking at Olikowski, but I mean. Uh, he was on the ITF entry list. He was supposed to be in the qualities in Poznan, but it looks like he's not in the draw. Uh, the main draw isn't made yet, so I'm assuming he got a wild card too. Mm-hmm. Because because the main draw isn't made yet, they're, they're, they're just gonna play second round of the qualities today. So probably he probably got a wild card to to the 25k in Poznan. Uh, anyhow, let me look at wh- whom I picked because I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, okay. I hadn't, as I mentioned, I wasn't comfortable picking Altmaier. Uh, Kovalik, I was definitely thinking about, but I went for Vitali Sachko. It would be a, uh, it would be a first for him, obviously, after mm. after we're reaching the final in Perugia this year. But it's it's a pretty good draw against Bensky, who's who's not been playing that well, and then Vaneste, who honestly I can't even remember how he plays. I mean, 
he's coming back from a, from an injury, but I've got no idea. And then a qualifier, which could be tough or could be very easy. So I, I really like the draw. And both Sajko and Klein, I actually looked at Klein too, but he has a tougher section. But Sajko and Klein feel like these guys to me that, you know, as I, as I said before, they've been floating around the draws, but one of these weeks is just going to all come together. And maybe maybe that's, maybe Warsaw is the place for Vitaly Sajko. Hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I can definitely see that sort of train of thought. Klein, I, I mean, I looked at him, but the, the section is too hard. Uh, and then, yeah, Altmer Kovalik was basically what it came down to for me. I feel like Kovalik has a quite a bit easier section for himself there. Uh, in the quarters, I'm going for Josef Kovalik. Yeah, probably would have been my second pick if if that was allowed. But I, I, I really don't even remember why I didn't go for him. I think Kovalik <laughs> is actually one of... You know, he's he's actually in a very elite group of players whom I never saw lose life, like who, who played ah. a couple of matches with me watching and never lost. So maybe maybe that's gonna be a factor. I think the others yeah, are like hopefully ho- hopefully he keeps it up this week. I think that the others are like Stefano Sisipas. I'm not sure if there's anyone else, frankly. Oh Denis Novak, I think. No, I I can't remember. Never mind. Uh, yeah and I guess that's where we're going to leave Warsaw for now obviously next week we're going to have I'm going to try to have some you know good thoughts on Warsaw some maybe some uh, audio material again yeah we'll see how it goes Uh, anyhow I think we should go to Barletta right now right um sure let me just open it up Yes, yeah. So uh, top seed there, Andre Martin opens against Jacopo Berrettini. Then, uh, yeah, potentially has Tirante in the second round, which is an ideal Bonardio in the quarter, who's been playing quite well. And his captain is Tim van Rijthoven, um, Flavio Coboli, Jack Draper, who I, I I can't remember the last time that we've seen Jack Draper. We bled him. Well, well, yeah. Oh, I just meant Challenger. Challenger. Oh, Jeff Strum, no, he had to play something from, uh, uh, like, was there an indoors event or something? No, actually, Pot Jeff Strum, yeah, February. Yeah, uh, so so big big moment for him <laughs> back on the challengers. Uh, Chung Sin Tseng, uh, in, in, in the bottom half, uh, he's got a section with Jay Clark, who actually could, could be considered... Uh, as somebody to make a run here, considering his uh, semi-final last week. Um, and then the, the the bottom quarter has Juan Manuel Serundolo, uh, Timofey Skatov, Mateo Viola is the fifth seed, which is just kind of gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's, it's just, you know, I mean, he, he lost, what, he won like one game against Nerman Fatic last week. So he's, he's that kind of a seed. Um, unfortunately, but yeah. So, 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 what do you think about this draw? Uh, yeah, as you said, I um, oh, I don't know if you said that. Uh, Martin Berardini is a is a first round match that that really interests me. Uh, it actually looks like I might watch it because it's it's the last match today, and as I said, in Warsaw probably there's not going to be much play. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so it looks like Martin Berardini is the one that I, I will get a chance to watch. 
I'm also very intrigued by Zapieri's cutoff, a nice, a nice battle of the youngsters. And even though I, even though Zapieri's cutoff is a very good first round match and whoever wins will be a pretty dangerous opponent in the second round, I went with Serendola for my, for my title winner. Uh, two mm. very solid two very solid runs last week, and I feel like besides Clark and the the winner of the Pieris cutoff, there's really not much for him to fear in this in this in this half at least. Andre Martin is in is in is in pretty terrible form. Van Rijthoven isn't that dangerous on clay. Draper, I really don't know what his state is gonna be. I mean, he's he's done fine on uh, on clay in futures this year, so. There's also uh, Jeremy Young, one, one, whom I mentioned before, is one of my favorite players. Uh, a fantastic one-handed backhand, but he's sadly still not himself. And after after multiple injuries, he's had like two seasons in his career where he barely played, maybe even three actually when you count 2020. I was really hopeful he was going to go to to Warsaw because he he was actually signed up for all the all the events, but in Warsaw he would have to start from the qualifying draw, and in Prague mm-hmm. and and Barletta he got to the main draw. I think he would have ended up as the first alternate actually for Warsaw, so I, I can't blame him for you know for not showing up. I'm a bit sorry, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, 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 we also have uh, yeah we, we also have Ryan Harrison in in qualifying, which is kind of a kind of a weird one. I, I wasn't expecting to see that name here. Um, but yeah, Harrison and Aiden McHugh are, are potential qualifiers as well. I yeah, I mean, I'm thinking I'm going to I'm going to be a fool once again, and I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Andre Martin uh, to win this title. Um, yeah, I mean, he he's he has been in poor form. Um, he does have to start against Bertini and then Tirante. Uh, I, I, I but I quite like his half, you know, with as you said, Van Rijthoven and Draper. Um, I mean, potentially Kaboli could be dangerous, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm going to go for Andre Martin to take this one. Do you know where Ryan Harrison played last week? Uh, no, I can't remember. He played the 25k in Germany on clay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> How did he the... do? Do you know? Uh, yeah, he, he finished in the quarters, lost to Esteve Lobato, but like very, very easily. Um, Two wins, but no one, you know, no one really exciting. But I mean, uh, I, I, yeah, that's why I, that's why I knew that Harrison was in Europe and he was also signed up for war. So I chose chose Barletta over that. Maybe he's gonna go to Como after or something. Uh, I, I would have liked to see Harrison and Clay. That's you know, that's a funny mess. Probably, I can't remember the last <laughs> time I watched Ryan Harrison play on Clay. I'm, he, he actually wasn't he quite good on clay when he when he was coming up back in the day i feel like maybe that's just something i remembered incorrectly but maybe. i feel like i remember being okay on clay i don't i don't know i mean he played in Tallahassee, i think this week uh this year uh but green clay is obviously pretty different uh yeah. i don't know i can't remember any good tournament from ryan harrison on clay but maybe yeah. Anyway, let's go to uh, Prague. Uh, it's it's the only fifty point uh, tournament of the week, and it, and it's the only one without any of the the top one fifty players. Uh, top seed there is Yevgeny Karlovsky, number two hundred and ninety. Um, so uh, and, and he starts against Casanova, uh, then it's Molaker, Paulson, 
Jonas Foretek in his section, who I actually is probably, he's probably the favorite to come out of that section. Um, yeah, I mean, so, so we have this draw without any of the main guys, which makes it sort of, I think it makes it much more uh, unpredictable. Some other names that we have in the draw, uh, Arthur Kazal is unseeded, starts against Blancano. Um, we've got Philippe Cristangiano against Pochinali. Uh, Alexander uh, uh, Richard is the number two seed. We've got Tionjev against Petrotic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a mess, this one, and I'm not really sure who I'm taking from, from here. <laughs> what, what do you think about it? Yeah, it's probably the weakest uh, Challenger 50 we've had so far, basically, because there are two other two other events yeah. this week. Um, yeah, the, the, But anyhow, the, there are some very interesting things here. As you mentioned, Kazo, Gianno Puccinelli de Armeida is a fantastic first round. Uh, I was definitely looking... I also looked at the qualities, but uh, Elmar Jopovic uh, has been really good recently, but I don't know if I fancy him to you know, go as far as win it. I mean, uh, probably not, but, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got a round or two in the main draw. Uh, there was someone I, I, I just thought of, but I, I couldn't remember. I can't remember what, what did I want to say. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, as you mentioned, Foraitek is definitely a very good candidate to, to maybe win it all even. Uh, he's he's done very well uh, in in Prague where he lost at the semis to Srcina. Uh, obviously, a huge talent. I'm I'm a bit surprised that Dalibor Srcina isn't here, uh, mm-hmm. but he played a 25k in Prostejov last week, lost in the semis uh, to 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 Piazza Costa, I think. So uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure why he's not why he's not playing Prague again. Uh, I definitely thought of Kazo, but he hasn't really played that well in recent weeks. Uh, you know, just not as well as before on Carlos, definitely. Uh, Alexander Richard was one that I, I almost picked because you know the, the draw is weak enough that someone who you know has been pretty much going to second rounds, sometimes a quarterfinal in challengers recently, really might do it. But the the just the seeing him matched up against Gianuel or Putinelli de Almeida in the quarters just doesn't really fill me with confidence that, mm-hmm. that Richard can do it. So I ended up going with Foraitek, which is I what I imagine a lot of people would pick from this draw. Yeah, I mean j- just a couple of little things before I reveal my pick. Uh we attain Muraz Gabashvili uh, as the top seed in qualifying whose ranking is actually high enough to be the top seed in the main draw if he entered on time, presumably. We have to assume that he was late and she lost in the first round. Um, and then in the doubles, Petros Titipas is in Prague this week. Uh, he actually didn't play in any of the singles, but he's going to be there fourth seed with Victor Vlad Cornea, who I just assume they have to be best friends or something because I'm not really sure. Otherwise, why why they would be such a consistent pairing? <laughs> I mean, they they won a futures like I don't know three weeks ago or something. I I mm. actually really liked them in in wars uh, Poznan. Uh, I think they can do they can do well here, especially as they start against Kodat and some Czech guy I've never heard of Iji Jenicek Jenicek. I've no clue how to even read it. And uh, one for one more thing when you when you're mentioning the doubles draw is that. Uh, Hunter Johnson is playing with someone else this week. Well, not his, not his brother. He hasn't been playing with him 
since like two two months, but he's playing mm-hmm. with Fabian Fallert. I've got I don't know how he finds partners these days, but it's just gonna be very interesting for me to when when the when the twins reunite and all that so far so far it's uh, it looks like Yates is not even playing and and Hunter is staying in Europe so probably not yet but I, I don't know how his part this partnership with Fabian Fallert is gonna go I, I honestly do not know that much about Fabian Fallert um yeah and also in the doubles Blancano and Kazov who are playing each other in the first round are actually playing doubles together as well so that's uh, I was I was it's really fun to see guys who are doubles partners then play play against each other that week um but yeah my pick is also Jonas Foretek um I, I, I was sort of intrigued by by Gianu but it's a tough section with Puccinelli, Delmeida and Richard as you mentioned and yeah, I mean, no, no one else really stood out to me that much. As as you said, also Kazo, his results haven't been the best. Although I, I was certainly, I don't think I would be completely shocked if he takes this title. Um, because I feel like outside of Blancano, the section isn't that difficult. But yeah, Foretic is my pick. I can I can see that I'm pretty sad because if Foretic wins now, then I'm not gonna end my point. But, but... <laughs> We shall see. Maybe, maybe the other, maybe the other guys will do me a favor. Uh, I'm pretty confident Andre Martin isn't winning Barletta. I don't know. It just feels like Martin hasn't been a factor at all this year, and probably just you know lurking in these top one one. Uh, you know, where is he ranked right now? Like one one twenty or something? Somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, it feels like he's just there because of the the COVID rankings. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely not had a great year, um, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I, I feel like this is the type of tournament that, that he has won in the past and that, that he could win this week, maybe if he if he plays himself into form there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess we're going to have to stop here. And thank you, thank you for listening. We're now we're going to meet ne- again next week to talk about Balletta, Warsaw and Prague. I'm probably going to talk about Warsaw, Warsaw, and Warsaw. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and the US Open qualifying. Ah, yes, uh, and the US Open yeah. qualifying. Uh, yeah, we did. We couldn't get the predict, the predict the qualifiers game this, this time, but we're definitely going to do the draft pick again because that's yes. you know, on, on Sunday there's going to be, uh, you know, the qualifiers are going to be already placed in the US Open draw. So uh, thanks for listening again, and we're going to see you. Uh, next Sunday or no actually probably it comes out uh, during the week so we're gonna see each other next Sunday and we're gonna see each other (laughs) and you're gonna see us uh, or actually listen to us a bit later in the week Uh, yeah bye Hope all of you enjoyed today's conversation between Damian Kust and Jakob Babro. A huge thank you to them, as always, for breaking down all of the action on the ATP Challenger Tour. Be on the lookout for Damian's work this week. He's going to be writing about U.S. Open qualifying for our website, CrackRackets.com. We'll have him on the podcast later on in the week as well. So, again, be on the lookout for all of that content on our website, CrackRackets.com. I mentioned it at the top. 
U.S. Open, less than a week away. We are well aware of that here at Crack Rackets. We are ready to start previewing the year's final Grand Slam. Be on the lookout for all that preview content here on the Great Shot podcast feed, Mini Break podcast feed, Cracked Interviews uh, podcast feed, and of course, on the website, CrackRackets.com. You need the more immediate updates. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Crack Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fleener and Daniel Westoff, for the of an ending job they do day in day out a shout out as well to our friends over at turn and tennis remember contact sales at unique sports.com or call 800-554-3707 with all that said for our fantastic hosts damien kustin yaka babro super producers fligner and westoff our friends at turn and tennis and from all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you know what we say hey great shot and we will see you all tomorrow thanks everyone